Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Familypreneur podcast. We are lucky to be joined by Monique Parker today. Monique is passionate about helping teens and young adults succeed in school and in life while preparing them for the real world, and not MTV's version. As a motivational speaker, author, and academic life coach and mentor, her mission is to empower and equip young people to improve their mindset, confidence, grades, interpersonal skills, and Be ready to live an independent life as a successful adult. Monique has been an educator, counselor, human resource professional, and a church youth leader for over 20 years, which has allowed her to transfer her skills for training, development, education, and mental health to proactively improve and transform the lives of young people and prepare them to be leaders in today's world. Hi, Monique. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Meg. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I can't wait to to jump into things. Can you uh, start by telling me, what do you do? All right. Well, I'm Monique, Monique Parker. I'm an academic life coach for teens and young adults. I help them succeed in school and in life. So I give them empowering strategies, equipping them to make sure that they are successful at doing well in school, doing well in life, and preparing for life after graduation. So getting them on the right track to have a successful adulthood. What type of results do your clients experience? Great question. Some of the results that I'm proud of that my clients experience is that they go from D's and F's to A's and B's. They've gone from not graduating, getting that letter in the spring saying, hey, your child may not be graduating, to walking across the stage. They also get results like not knowing what their passion is, not knowing their strengths, and then being able to light up, find that passion, find that strength, and then go on the path towards it. So achieving those goals for career or entrepreneurship even. So they're improving their focus. They're improving their organization, um, decision-making, and it's really making a strong impact in their schoolwork. So bringing those grades up, improving relationships with their parents and that communication, understanding that, hey, maybe my parent isn't that bad. (laughs) Maybe they do know something. You know how it is. When we grew up, we just felt like our parents were out to get us and just make everything terrible for us. But anyways, these are some of the results that I am proud to say that my kids um, or my clients have been able to achieve. What is it that makes people seek you out? Well, I I speak to a lot of parents who are just at their wits end. Some of them, they're like, I just don't know what to do with little Johnny. We're going to use Johnny. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's our name for today. So they just don't know what to do with Johnny. Johnny started off as a active young boy and had ambitions and dreams. And then he gets to teenage years, high school years. And it's kind of like, Johnny is not the same boy. As natural, he should not be the same boy, but he should be more of an improved version of himself. But somewhere along the way, Johnny has lost his spark. Maybe he's just feeling unmotivated, does not have a clear path of what he wants to pursue. So they look to me to help Johnny get back on track, to have a plan after high school. A lot of times parents are like, Johnny doesn't know what he's going to do. Johnny needs to find something to do. When he turns 18, he's out of here. <laughs> and um, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We can't just throw Johnny out there like that. I mean, he's your baby. We love him. And I know that they do, but we got to have a plan and we got to have a focus. And when you find that plan for Johnny within himself, have that internal motivation to now move forward in a way that pleases him and also pleases you. It gives you that peace gives you that comfort. And now you have more of like, okay, I'm okay with this. I think like Johnny has a, he has a good foundation. I think he's going to do well. It saves us as parents, a lot of headache and stress and worry because they're going to find their way. But if we implement steps now, then we can help Johnny get on the right path at a sooner, quicker, most faster way, hopefully in a way that saves us money as well. So we're not supporting Johnny as as long as we need to or would want to um, because he's kind of trying to find his way. So again, like I mentioned, just getting prepared for life after graduation, money management. Oh Lord, that's a big thing. Maybe Johnny is blowing his allowance all the time and they're like, there's no way he's going to be able to get a paycheck and save money. So we talk about that as well. So kind of just any life skills, it sounds like. Yes. A lot of times we think of just kids and just their grades, 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 grades. But if you're not focused on the life skills, it's going to affect their grades. And you're not truly serving your child at the best capacity and giving them the right foundation if all you're focusing on is geometry and Spanish. And not to say that those subjects aren't important, but we know that a lot of times in our jobs, we never use geometry again once we get out into the real world. We never use trigonometry, right? So there's some other important factors in life that we in the education world just aren't able to really dive in and teach. And as parents, as business owners, we don't really have time to do all of that. We may assume our kids see it and that they automatically know it, but if they have not been taught, then how can you truly expect them to reflect those characteristics to go out and be productive if nobody is truly there helping them, pushing them along the way in an effort to truly get our children prepared for life after high school? We do need to put in the time to invest in their training and development as we would with ours as grownups in our jobs, in our professional life, in our personal life, whether We're trying to get more marriage counseling and better our relationship with our family or on our occupation. We need to invest that type of training and development in our children. I really feel that's important. Do parents kind of expect you to get them ready for college? Are you getting more entrepreneurial kids? Is it really 50-50? It really is 50-50, Meg, because I work with a gamut of kids, kids who are focused and determined. They know they're going to Florida State University, go Seminoles. (laughs) They know that, you know, maybe I'm not going to do school right now, or they know that I'm going to do a trade school. I'm going to become a licensed carpenter or whatever, a cosmetologist. And then there's some kids who are kind of like, I just don't know. 
So it's like, okay, well, let's try some temp agencies. Let's try some different types of jobs and kind of see what you may want to do, what you like to do and get a job, even if it's at Walmart, while you're developing yourself and exploring what you like to do before you go out there, jump out there, try to do school, do the college route and flunk out, right? Because they're not interested and they don't have the study skills or the mental capacity at that time really to even handle it. But again, they need some guidance along the way. With guidance counselors, bless their hearts, they are overwhelmed with so many people that they have to serve. They just don't have the opportunity to sit down and talk to each of their students and give them the adequate counseling and guidance that they need. With what I do, I like being able to be hands-on and helping to give them proper guidance based on their particular strengths, their passion, their, their goals, and things that they value. I've gone through this shift recently because growing up, I always felt like you go to high school, you go to college. Like that was the goal. That's what was expected. That's what society puts on us. The good kids, you know, with air quotes, the successful kids, like they go to school, they go to college, they graduate, they get a job and boom, 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 boom. And so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And now I'm doing nothing with my degree, but paying off those bills for what, you know? Exactly. So now that I've got a kiddo that isn't super strong in school, but also is super smart, mm-hmm. there's some kids that I think that traditional path just isn't right for. So I love that there's services like this out there that don't push as hard. I feel like schools push college more. And it's not always the best for everybody. Absolutely. Don't tell anybody, but it's a money game too. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. (laughs) I mean, now don't get get me wrong. I believe in education. Right. I come from a family who believes in education. Even my grandmother in a rural small town in South Carolina was the only educator in her town for minority children. And so I believe in education and even in going into entrepreneurship, I still believe in education Mm -hmm. because there's still important training and development that you can obtain to help you become the best entrepreneur that you can be. Right. So you want to have those skills in basic accounting, right? Right. To learn how to read contracts so that you can make best decisions for your business. So coaching or sales, whatever it is. But there is so much more than just the university, you know, or the traditional, the college university. Now, even with my children, whatever they plan on doing, I'm like, listen, you got to have some kind of certificate degree or something. Not to say that that validates who you are, but it just shows that you were serious about your craft and that you took the necessary steps to make sure that you were as properly as trained as possible. You know, so whatever that may be. So I'm always going to push for that. However, I'm not going to push for students to feel like they have to do the whole four year degree, then get a two year master's and then another two, three years doctorate. With the way our world is, you don't even need all of that. But it's based on the individual child, their goals, what their value is. And I'm never going to disrespect that. So whatever that looks like for them, whatever they feel comfortable with, there's options out there. And I just wish people would just open their minds, step out of the box and realize that it's okay to be coached. It's okay to have counseling and guidance. 
And it's okay to have alternative education that's going to fit for you. You know, what works for you is is best because that's where you're going to thrive. Any place else where you feel pushed or you felt like you had to conform to, you're not going to be as successful. I feel like I had 12 thoughts during what you just said. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I personally have just recently started getting into coaching for myself and I've seen a huge improvement in my own professional life Mm -hmm. by bringing a coach into the picture. And for a lot of time, I I didn't really understand the value in that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the information is all out there. Like I can Google and, oh, yeah. and get the information, but there's definitely value to having a third party, uh, a person who's not intimately involved, get involved. You know, somebody who's from the outside looking in. Yes. I don't know if I would have considered that for my kids. You know, like for me, it makes sense, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have considered it for my kids. So it's, it's a lot to think about, but I, I, I like it because you're right. When you think of how many kids are at, you know, my kids are in traditional school, so they go to a public school, mm-hmm. which we love, but there's a lot of kids in their grade. I mean, I can only imagine how many guidance counselors they have. And my kids are still young. My oldest is only 10, but you know, it's only going to be a couple of years before she's preparing, you know, for for the next steps. And it does make you kind of wonder what kind of attention the kids will get. What made you like what, what drove that passion? Like, how did you identify that that was your your passion working with teens and young adults? So I've always had a desire to help young people. And I felt like when I was a teen, I, I was a child who did my best to make all A's, have a high GPA, join this club, be in this club and that club. And um, but I also still felt like I was still behind, like behind the curve. I felt like there was other resources that I couldn't really tap into because I wasn't at risk, but I wasn't at the cream of the crop. It's just like in the middle, you know, and then also I wasn't my family wasn't rich. But we certainly weren't poor. We were middle class. And I felt like there was also some services lost there. And I felt like, why is this information? Why are these opportunities just not available for everyone? Mm -hmm. I really feel like every child should have their own mentor. Every child should have their own time access every week with their guidance counselor. Now, these are all great resources to have, but just don't have that in public schools. You know, I don't know about private schools, but that's just not something that they have the time to do to see your guidance counselor every week, to have a check-in with your homeroom teacher and kind of talk about what's going on, Johnny, in this class, in that class. How are you feeling? Are you struggling with anything? But all of these are essential. I would have wanted somebody like that in my life when I was growing up, just somebody that I could talk to outside of my parents on a regular basis to kind of keep me accountable, encourage and motivate me along the way. And I guess from all of that, my own personal experience, also going into college, like you were saying, it was just expected. There was no, either you're going to college or you're going to the military. So we all went to college and that was just the natural next step in our family. But when I got to college, it was totally different from high school. And even though I was making great grades in high school, I was not prepared for the level and the intensity of work at the college level. Just did not have the study skills that I really needed, the research skills. 
And although I took some AP classes, AP in high school is different from an actual college class. The professors are different. You know, <laughs> everything was just different for me. And I struggled in my first year, which was so weird for me because I never struggled in school. It was just easy for me. It was a natural thing. And now I know that's not the same for everyone. But again, that's part of one of those things that I talk about when I do work with my clients is that hard work, the growth mindset, the grit that you have to have. I didn't have that. And people weren't really teaching that. And they were just always assuming that of me like, oh, you'll do fine. You, you did great in high school. You'll do fine. Having somebody to kind of hold your hand along the way. Yeah. I feel like that is necessary. I feel like every child should have that type of opportunity to succeed and go forward. That's where my, my passion lies. And now that I have my own babies, uh, my little people, and I'm looking at them, you know, I'm like, they need somebody, they need another voice outside of my voice, <laughs> outside of mommy and daddy's voice, because mommy and daddy's voice will, even though you could say some of the same thing that somebody else has said, they will not receive it like they would from somebody else. And it's not, that's not a reflection on parenting. I feel like that's important to know too. Like It's just, that's just how it is. That's, that's the way, because they hear your voice in a different way from birth for different reasons and um, to provide different needs. But when they hear from somebody else, I, I like to say it's kind of like a microphone of what you've been saying, just in a different voice, in a different tone, but it may click in a different way. You know, just the way they said it, who they said it around, um, if their peers were hearing the same thing and were like, mm, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe my mom and dad aren't crazy. You know, <laughs> it's important to have different different but positive voices being very intentional about what voices you allow your children to hear. But it's important that they hear that other voice. And so I want to be that other voice. I want to be the microphone to the parents and to educators to get points of cross. Um, of course, like you mentioned, yeah, you can Google all this stuff and you can read it. But a lot of kids aren't reading it. Nope. Their brain, in terms of their mental capacity and their development, they need to hear it. They need to experience it, not just read it, because then it becomes another form of text that they read at school all day, right? Social studies and this and that. So um, having that visual component, the audio component, hearing it from somebody else's mouth with other, their experiences and their passion is important. And how great to have one person that bridges that whole gap from high school to college. Oh, yeah. Because that's another thing. In high school, you've got your guidance counselor. In college, you've got your advisors. But like, it's this abrupt stop, you know, when you go from one to another. So like, how valuable is that to have that, you know, that consistency? Right. I would say I focus more on the holistic education of, you know, I can't affect your grades if I'm not thinking about your social development or your emotional development. You know, I can't have Johnny come into my class and ace his math test when I haven't addressed the fact that his mom just was in the hospital last night or was sick or that he's being bullied or he doesn't feel appreciated or he doesn't have the confidence that he needs. It's a holistic education. One of my favorite quotes from Frederick Douglass is that it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And I love that because it speaks to the fact of being proactive. You know, when you think about adults, when they decide, I need some help, and they go and get some counseling, which is a good thing. Counselors, and coming from a psychology background that I have, 
we always go back to what was your childhood like? <laughs> you know, we want to know where it started because everybody has a story, right? And it all starts from those beliefs that you had developed as a child or what you experienced or what you saw. So if we can work with those now as children while they're still young, still willing to receive direction, instruction, understanding that they know I'm growing and I'm developing and I'm learning new things and coming into my own as opposed to adults who kind of figure like, I got it all together. I can't be changed. I know what I'm doing. You know, we have more opportunity for progress and success working with young people. What can parents do? Like in addition to enlisting somebody like you to help bridge that gap and be that outside voice, what can parents do, especially entrepreneurial parents? I mean, I know for us in my house, kind of sharing the journey I'm on seems to help my oldest. What are your your thoughts and opinions on that? And I love that, Meg. I would certainly say the same thing along with communication, just being honest. I don't like to sugarcoat with my kids. Mm -hmm. They are growing up. We are shaping and molding them. And so they need to know these things. Now, I mean, obviously I don't tell them everything, but I need to let them know and be forthright with them in terms of communicating realities of this world, expectations of this world and of the family, building them up in such a way so that they know who they are and what they can accomplish. I don't want to limit them and say that just because you're 12, you can't do this, this, and that. There's entrepreneurs and children who are young and making businesses and having a heart to serve people at young ages. So I would certainly say communicate, parents, communicate, and don't put them in a bubble. Don't think that they can't do something just because they're young. And I would say grace. Of course, we're saying that they can understand but then also relating and remembering that they're only eight. Right. And that's important. So yes, they are little people, but we don't have to push them to grow up so soon. But we also don't want them to live in a fantasy world. You're not serving your children well to think that everything is rainbows and unicorns. Even though you may raise them that way at home, when they step out of your door, it's not rainbows and unicorns and Skittles all over flying from the rainbow, <laughs> from the sky. That's it's just not how the world works. So having the communication while also having the grace to understand that they are just but kids, treating them like a little person with respect, grace, compassion, communication, and patience. With my daughter who started her first business this year, it's not to the same level as an adult would start it. And that's okay. And that's one of those things that took me a minute too. You know, I come from, you should blog every week. Mm -hmm. But like for me to expect my 10-year-old to blog every week is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. She also has very important things to do, like playing outside with her friends. And that is important. Part of it is, is a mindset for us. that It's okay to foster these entrepreneurial endeavors in your kids and at the same time, not hold them to the same exact level of of expectations that you hold yourself. But mm -hmm. my daughter does know that I do things more frequently. Like you said, I try to be more open and clear with her about things like how we make money and the value of things. Yeah, simple things. I mean, they got to know, even in the grocery shopping, why should I purchase this ketchup bottle as opposed to this ketchup bottle? 
but let's look at the price. And if I'm going to buy this, how much more ketchup will I get? You know, just little things in life. My favorite is when we go to the store and there's like yogurt, Mm -hmm. store brand yogurt. And then there's like frozen yogurt, Mm -hmm. not frozen yogurt, like frozen in the freezer, but like let it go. Elsa and Anna, Olaf frozen. (laughs) Just realized what a bad example that was. But um, the Disney yogurt is always like, what, two, three dollars more expensive and there's less. Yes. And I'm always telling my kids, you're paying for a picture. Right. It's the same stuff on the inside and you're paying for a picture. (laughs) We could buy stickers and we'll put stickers on that yogurt tube and then you can have some frozen yogurt, you know? I think they think Anna and Elsa are going to like pop out of the yogurt. So I do talk to them about marketing every time we're we're at the store, which is why I laugh about that. You know, coming from a marketing background, I feel like they're going to be very prepared (laughs) little marketers someday. So do you have any other suggestions on things parents could focus on? Or what's your primary philosophy within your business that parents might be able to try to implement themselves? I would say holistic education, being holistic in our thinking. I can't affect grades if I'm not dealing with the interpersonal, the mindset, or even goal setting, having a future in mind. When they know like, this is what I want to do, then the steps below become more bearable. So holistically being proactive, knowing that we have opportunity now to set great principles and foundations with our children to help them to become successful adults, which is ultimately the goal of every parent. They want them to be successful. They want them to be independent. Um, They want them to have a good, happy life, right? So don't wait until you're 18 to now try to figure all of this out. And if you are at the 18 level, you're still at a good place, but you just don't want your child to kind of be floundering around and they're at 40. <laughs> right. 18 isn't too late, but it's, it's good to get started ASAP. <laughs> Absolutely. And having your kids be, you know, responsible and independent and all of that stuff, confident, that's got to make things easier as a parent too. Like if your kids are more self-sufficient then you're able to function well. Yeah. You can function well at your business because if your child is not working at the level, the potential that you know that they can, then you're stressed. You're worried. You're taking away time from your business, right? So you can't reach the income potential that you desire. It drains you. Right. And you feel like there's nothing you can do about it. Things become to be out of control, you know. And then also on the flip side, once they're successful, you start becoming more successful because now you have more time. Now you're more inspired. You're rested. (laughs) You have more peace. It, It may inspire you to pursue dreams and goals that you hadn't thought of before, just didn't feel like you had the time to. But now you have the time. You offer a resource that actually helps parents, right? I do. Tell us about your free resource. I have a free checklist of the three must-knows to succeed in school and life for every teen and young adult. Three basic tips they need to know in order to help them achieve at any level in life. These three tips will help them to be prepared for life, do better in school, of course, better in their relationships uh, with their parents and personal relationship, their friends, or even, yes, parents, their boyfriend or girlfriend, we have to acknowledge their realities, right? 
and then also to prepare them to go into the workforce. And then also I have a book that I co-authored with a friend of mine called Dream, Create, Activate. And the book is created to help teens pursue their dreams, but not just pursue them, but to have a plan in place. So all the steps, 21 steps to make sure that these dreams become reality. And the book serves another purpose in that it fosters communication between the teen and their parents because there's some workbook that the child will answer. And on every prompt, there's also a question that says, what does your parents or your mentor think about such and such or, you know, whatever the topic was uh, for the 21 steps. So it allows the communication to grow between the parent and or mentor. And then in doing so, it inspires the parents or mentor to now pursue their dreams. The book was, you know, designed for teens, but we found has been so profound in helping the whole family grow and helping the whole family achieve their goals together. We're really excited about it. It's on Amazon, Dream Create, Activate, and also on my site as well. Parenting is hard, right? I mean, that might be one of those duh statements, but there's a lot of stuff that kind of like college, you're just not prepared for. Mm-hmm. You jump in with both feet. And I know you also have four kids like I do. Yes. Fantastic four. Right. Which obviously was our choice and, you know, and, and no regrets there, but it's a lot of work times four and yes. <laughs> those resources, they're going to be super helpful just to help keep us on track for each kiddo and make sure they're each getting what they need. And it keeps that balance throughout the whole household. You know, they feed off of each other. You know, my youngest is always trying to be like the oldest ones, right? Yep. You can empower, especially the oldest, to really be those role models for their younger ones. I mean, they can change the direction and course of their life. So yes, it is a lot of uh, responsibility on the oldest. I'm an oldest. Me too. I I understand that. But it's important. It really is. And it's a beautiful thing when you can work together as a family for everybody to reach their goals. When you have a village and you have this um, also this mindset that, listen, I might not be able to teach them everything, but I'm going to point them in the right direction and I'm going to pull in people who can help them. I'm going to just trust also that I've done all that I can do. I'm going to do my best. And then they're going to find their way as well, you know, and in doing so, it it makes them stronger, like the whole um, um, caterpillar and metamorphing into a beautiful butterfly, right? You got to struggle in that cocoon and get out in order to be able to have enough strength to fly. And so that's the same thing with our kids. But of course, we want to pour into them as much as we can to give them the best foundation. And there's, yeah, there's no shame in getting help from, from the village. Like you said, no shame in that game. (laughs) And I feel like the, the investment that whether it's time or money, like making that investment now is going to save you. Sometimes it's hard to realize that taking, you know, the hour out of my day right now to focus on my kids is going to help me in the long run because it's going to save me three hours. Right tomorrow or or whatever the case may be. Yeah. The same way a lot of people prep for their meals throughout the week. So they rather spend on Sunday an hour or two prepping and getting it all run so that they can have a more smooth week and they don't have to worry about their meals. You hit the nail on the head in regards to the same way with our kids. The prepping now will save a lifetime 
of issues or just situations that could have been avoided if you just took a little time. I feel like we've covered a lot of things, but what's your number one piece of advice for parent entrepreneurs? So I'm going to give twofold because, you know, obviously my heart is for the young people. No, that's good. Give us, give us two answers, parent perspective and kiddo perspective. Parent perspective would be to remember that your child is a little person. These are people that you are developing. And as a parent entrepreneur, just like you would spend so much time in building your business, it is your responsibility and should be your duty, your choice, your love, and your passion to build up your young people into being responsible adults. I love that. For teens, young adults, I would say to walk to your own beat. Do not feel like you have to be like everybody else. Give yourself grace. Give yourself love for yourself to realize that you were innately born with special gifts to help the world, help the masses, which in turn would benefit you and bless you. So I would say to you as young people to find your path, find it early and shine bright in that area and do it because you want to do it and because you love to do it and because you love yourself enough that you want to be the best that you can be. Don't feel like you have to be in the box, parents and teens. They don't have to be doctors and they don't have to be lawyers. Find what your child is naturally gifted at and help them make a business off of that and thrive off of that. I love what you said about, you know, think about as an entrepreneur, think about all the time and and resources that we pour into improving our business, whether it's our website or social media or whatever the case may be. Right. And fostering the growth of our children in the same way. Yeah. Boom. Right. And bring them in with you to do it. Maybe they can organize some papers or take some pictures of you. Or I know I have my daughter sometimes take pictures of me as, you know, I'm going to post this content or she'll watch my videos and say, oh, I think you should do this over again or that. And she's a little entrepreneur in her own right. She's making duct tape wallets and selling bracelets and selling chips and candy and always trying to find a way to earn money and save it and then let her brothers borrow it and even charge interest on it. I mean, she's just a little hustler. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love that. Charge it interest. And how old is she again? She's not the oldest. She's the second oldest. She's 11. But she already has an entrepreneurial spirit about her. And I know she was born with it. My husband is an entrepreneur. His dad and grandmother was an entrepreneur. My dad has a business as well. So it's in the family. And I've always grown up to understand that if that makes you happy and you're earning money doing it and you can sustain yourself and support yourself, why not? Exactly. Some people look down on it thinking if you're not at Bill Gates level, then it's nothing, you know, but I've seen people as entrepreneurs take care of their families send their children to college, you know, pay for their children's wedding. I love the entrepreneur world and that lifestyle and the freedom. Yes, it has its challenges, right? Because it's all on you, but the income and the potential there is amazing. It's no limit. Right. Now, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on my website, moniquesparker.com or on Facebook at 
success with Ms. That's M.S. Parker. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Monique. It is great talking to you today. Thank you, Meg. I've enjoyed it so much. You'll find the show notes for this episode at megbrunson.com slash 12. In episode 11, we met Sarah Humes. After overcoming anxiety and agoraphobia, she bravely entered the business world with a company called Encourage Living. Her mission is to help people do brave things every day. We discussed relationship building, core values, and the aspirations of her children. It was a great interview, and if you haven't already, you should go back and give it a listen. Next week, we'll meet Angela Ferrari. Angela is an artist, children's book author and illustrator, and the creator and host of the Story Spectacular podcast. Angela will discuss her talent for finding creative ways to play and how she leveraged her creativity to build a business. It's a super fun interview that you're sure to enjoy. So subscribe to the podcast today so that you don't miss it. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. It only takes a moment, and let's be honest, it helps other parent entrepreneurs know how amazing this podcast really is.